And tonight, I'm continuing my series on prayer. My title tonight is God's Fellow Workers. Uh, have you ever watched those documentaries where a guy like, yeah, see, I was just testing. Uh, before we get to the sermon, we have announcements. And Into His Light is coming up at 10 a.m. next Saturday, here, the first Saturday of February. So women, 15 and over, come on down. You are all welcome. See, thank you. She gave me that look, that little... Good job. No, I, I mean, I, I'm back there thinking, okay, I have announcements, I have announcements. I get here, the, the lights are on. I feel like Glenn, Cow, Glenn Campbell, Glenn Cowboy, <laughs> riding out in the horse on a rodeo, whatever the song goes. The brights, what are, there's something about bright lights in that song. Anyway, <clears throat> so my title tonight is God's Fellow Workers. I feel like I'm in one of those documentaries, you know, where a guy goes like, I've lived in Minnesota, and they always talk about hot dish. So I decided I'm going to figure out what is a hot dish, how do you define a hot dish, and what's the history. And I took off in my Ford Focus, and I made it up to, you know, and then they meet some lady, and she's like, oh, my hot dish is this. And so I'm kind of on a documentary of prayer. Now, not every single week, but I'm talking to people that I respect in their faith that have what I would call deep prayer lives and asking them, tell me about prayer. Well, this week, I talked with my friend Tim Savaloya. I believe he's probably 70. Uh, he's, he's been vice president of Crown College and vice president of the Christian Missionary Alliance, and he's an accountant by trade, and he's had all these things, and he's just a, a, a wonderful guy. So we talked, and uh, I, at the end, I just, after we talked a lot of things, and I was kind of putting pieces together, um, and so I said, so what, if you were teaching on prayer, what would you want people to know? And the first thing he said is I would want them to know the intimacy with God. And he talked about, and, and this, I'm going to back up just a little bit. Every week I try to have new thoughts, like even on passages that I've read over and over and over. I try to see new things because I know there's no end to the depth of Scripture. But this, what I'm going to tell you tonight is some of the most exciting stuff that I've heard because, and really I'm going to back up a little further and say one of the questions that people have is what power does prayer have? Like, and the first time I actually remember wrestling with that question, I was in college and we were in a theology class, and we were to write a paper on why do we pray? And you're like, well, that's a no-brainer. But then you're like, well, Jesus said, do not babble on like pagans, for God knows what you need before you ask him. So why do we even ask him? What's the point? And if God knows, I mean, is he already, do we change God's mind? Is it just that we're trying to line ourselves up with his will and all of these things. And I'm like, well, this is more complicated than I thought. And I've never really come up with a good answer. I've never actually wanted to come up with a good answer. I've just said, well, we pray because God tells us to pray. And that I think actually was my answer. Like 30 years ago, I wrote in a paper, we pray because it's obedience to God and he tells us to pray. Well, that's a lame answer. 
But, you know, I have these questions, and other people have questions. What is the power of prayer? I'm like, oh, we just pray, and I pray, we pray. Well, this week, as I was talking with Tim, all of these passages of Scripture that have been floating around in my brain, sort of all just like, and the first thing he said was I would want them to know the intimacy they have with God. And I've known about this, but maybe you don't. He said, when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray then like this, our Father in heaven. And the actual word is Abba. Some people have debated whether Abba is more like Daddy or Papa or whether it's just Father. Either way, it's a huge step up in intimacy from Old Testament prayers. Because Old Testament prayers are beautiful. But if you read the Psalms, they talk about, O oh Lord, or, or God, or Creator, or O oh Great King, or Lord of the armies of heaven. But it's always this, this Lord, this God, this Creator. It's not Father. It's not like Father. And when he was talking, telling me these things, I said, it reminds me of Jeremiah 3. He said, what's Jeremiah 3 say? I'm not going to tell you the whole conversation. But I said, I told him. And here's what Jeremiah 3 says. God is talking to the Israelites and he's grieving that they have rejected him. And he says, I said, how I would set you among my sons. And by the way, sons, he's talking about the angels. How I would set you among my sons and give you a pleasant land, a heritage most beautiful of all nations. God says, I gave you the the best land on earth. And I thought you would call me my father. See, he's, he's longed for this intimacy from the beginning. But Jesus said, this is how you pray. And when Jesus said, pray like this, he had not yet died for our sins. This is not a new covenant thing. He's explaining who God is. He's our Father. And I know that we hear those words through the filter of our human fathers. And some of you didn't have good human fathers. And to people, I'm sorry. To people who had bad human fathers, I'm sorry. And that word is harder for you to deal with because of your earthly relationship. But I want you to step one step higher than that. The reason it bothers you is because deep in your heart, you understand what a father is supposed to be. And yours wasn't. And I just want you to think about that father that you know what he's supposed to be like and realize This father is all of that and more. I gave you the best land. And I thought you would call me father. He he really does love you. He I thank you, Evan. He said, I know. Even the tone that Evan said that I know. It's kind of like when a but that's what most of you thought. Yeah, I know. I've heard that before but it doesn't quite connect with your heart. He loves you. Prayer is an intimate relationship where you get to talk to your father.
your creator, the king of all kings, God. The second thing he said is that he invites us to be co-creators with him. And some of you are like, whoa, he didn't, Tim did not mean that you get to go outside and say, let there be light. He didn't mean co-creator that way. And that's why I've actually, I changed it to co-laborer or co-workers. And that's taken out of 1 Corinthians, we'll get there. But Tim went on to tell me this story. He, uh, He was praying and he was praying for this particular person. And he just had this image come to his mind. And he's like, well, so he prayed for what he was seeing. And then he would pray for that person later. And this image would come to his mind. And so he would pray for what he was seeing. And this kept going on. And he's like, you know, God, I don't quite understand this. This is a little weird, but maybe you're giving me this image. So I'm, I'm just going to pray for it. And this went on for a while. And finally, he called this person and asked about, you know, and the guy said, I don't know. And then the next day, there was an emergency issue. And the issue that Tim had been praying for happened to be what this man ran into. And he was like, I don't understand it. I mean, but God was, he was inviting me. He was, he was inviting me to pray about this issue. And I was like, light bulb, you know, that's from the movie, isn't it? Light bulb. It was like, because the image I had was of my mom when I have a little niece, she baked with my nieces, but some kids don't like baking. This little niece, Gabriella, loved baking. And so little Gabriella, she would get on the stool, the chair, because she's short, you know, she's like four. And they would get a little apron on her and the apron hangs down to her feet. And she's at the counter with my mom and my mom's got her apron on. And my mom and Gabriella are baking. I'm like, that's, that's it. And I thought of the couple biblical stories that supported his story. The first one I'm going to look at is in Acts chapter 9. There, now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. This is not the Ananias who was killed for lying to God. I should set this up. We're in chapter 9. The story, the chapter starts where Paul, his name is Saul at that time, is breathing, breathing murderous threats against the church. And he's persecuting the church. And he gets letters from the synagogue rulers, he gets letters from the the leaders of Israel to go to Damascus to destroy the church there. And he's on his way and a great light shines and knocks him to the ground. And a voice says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. And Saul goes blind. And he goes to town and he's staying with a man And Ananias gets a message from God. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to straight, go to the street called straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. If you see, this is similar to Tim's story because Ananias didn't know anything about Saul. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know that he was 
blind. In fact, what he did know was that he was a scary man who was persecuting the church. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in. Well, who gave Saul this vision? Well, God did. Did Saul know Ananias? No. Did Ananias know Saul? No. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, what you talking about, Willis? See, I just wanted to use more cartoon or more. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. It's like, are you, are you joking with me? But the Lord said to him, go. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. And then he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. I said, yeah, God didn't need Ananias. Ananias didn't know. Saul didn't know. But God told Saul, and God told Ananias, and God, and if you notice, right here, it was after Ananias prayed. He laid his hands on him, and he prayed. And after he prayed, immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. God didn't remove the scales when Ananias was about to pray or when Ananias started on his journey. He waited until... An Why? Because he likes Saul. He likes Ananias. He, he gave Ananias a chance to be part of his work. He said, Ananias, I want you to go. Really? Yeah. He must suffer many. You go. It will be at the touch of your hands. Now, what would have happened if Ananias had just said no? I don't know. Maybe someone else. It, I, I think if, if no one had prayed, I mean, we know that it, God wasn't going to sit in heaven and say, well, great. I had everything worked out. Saul was going to be my missionary all around the world, but nobody will pray for him. I guess he'll just die blind. I don't think that would have happened. You know, when, when Mordecai is talking to Esther, he says, perhaps it's for such a time as this. And if you refuse, deliverance for the Jews will arise from somewhere. This is your chance, Esther. You see, God does not need us to accomplish his work. 
So when I had this image of my mom and my little niece, Gabriella, I thought, I better, next up on my documentary, I better talk to my mom. So I asked her some questions. I told my wife the questions. My wife said, those are dumb questions. <laughs> so my first question to my mom was, Mom, when Gabriella was little and you would get her on that chair and you would bake with her, why did you do that? Did you do that because with two of you baking, you would be twice as efficient and get more done? And she was like, see, Deb thinks that's funny. And she was like, no. Is it because you were cleaner with Gabriella? Because like there's like one of you can be, ba and she's like, no. Is it, was it messier with Gabriella? Yeah. Like I said, okay, so it's slower. It's not as efficient and messier. Why did you bake with Gabriella? And she said, oh, because I love her. She was so cute, little girl in her apron. Oh, I say, why did God invite Ananias to be forever etched in scripture by being the one chosen to pray for Saul? And my best answer is he loved him. He loved him. He didn't need him. Why did God choose Saul? Because he loved him. Why does God want us to pray? Because he invites us to stand on the chair and get our hands in the dough. He doesn't need us. The second story I thought of that day, it's Exodus chapter 17. The Israelites are wandering in the wilderness and they're at Rephidim and they've been complaining and whining because that's what they do. And there was no water. And God said to Moses, Moses, strike the rock and water will come. And then immediately after that, it says, then Amalek, so these are the Amalekites. Then Amalek came, that's the nation of Amalek. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So if you're Moses, you're like, great. We just don't have water. Now we got a fight going on. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. While Moses, Aaron, and Hur, Aaron was his brother. Hur was, seems like he was kind of his right-hand man. We read about him a couple other places. He's one of Moses' go-to guys. So Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And whenever Moses held up his hand... Israel prevailed. But you can't do that very long because your hands get tired. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. And the boys caught on to this after a while. And they're like, you know, Moses, raise your hands. Yeah, look, no doubt. Yeah, we got to keep those up. But Moses' hands grew weary. So they took a stone. They got, said, okay, we, we got a plan. Moses, you sit on this rock, okay? 
They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. While Aaron and her, so they're on each side. I mean, it's pretty, I can just do this. You put your arm, I can just hold that. So Moses is sitting on the stone. He's got his hands up here, and her's holding on to one. Aaron's holding on to the other. One on one side, the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. And then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, saying, a hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So we know God wanted Israel to defeat Amalek. In fact, earlier he says, I'm going to wipe him out. Before the whole Moses getting his hands up in the air and Aaron and her, he said, I'm going to wipe him out. So if God said he was going to wipe them out, and God wanted Israel to win, and God wanted to destroy Amalek for the sins that they have committed previously, what's the deal with this whole hands in the air thing? Actually, what's the deal with Joshua fighting? Did he need that? And it's the same, it's the same answer. He invites us in. He invites us to be part of his work. My father is always working, he said, Jesus did. You now go. He invites us to be part. See, and, and here's the thing about prayer. And I'm, and I'm saying he invites us into all the work. But he invites us to pray specifically. In Romans chapter 8, this is what it says about the Spirit of God. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Right now, the Holy Spirit is praying on our behalf, on behalf of, of God's people, on behalf of the world, whoever he's praying for. He, he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And you say, well, what's Jesus doing? I say, well, let's look a couple verses later. Six verses later, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Jesus is interceding for us. So you have the Spirit interceding, and you have Jesus interceding, and you have the Father saying, join them. Come pray with us. Come Put on your apron, stand on your chair, get that little whisk. In 1 Corinthians 3, this is my last passage because I, I love the imagery. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Now the context of this is that the Corinthians are arguing about who they follow. Some say, well, I, li I only read, I only listen to Paul, you know, He's on KTIS at nine o'clock. Others like, oh, Paul, he, I listen to Apollos. He's, he's such a good speaker. Others like, well, I listen to Peter, you know, Peter the rock. Others like, I don't listen to Paul or Peter, or I listen to Jesus alone. And Paul's like, why are you guys like such, 
little bickerers. Is Paul anything? Is Apollos anything? He says, yeah, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. And now the image in my head is not of full-grown man Paul going on his missionary journeys and full-grown eloquent Apollos, but I had this picture of a grandpa. And he loved gardening. My grandpa, he loved gardening. He was out of control. In fact, as he got older, he had dementia and he didn't always know what he was doing, but he still loved gardening and he lived with my mom. And he's like, oh yeah, we walk out of the house. He goes, oh, that's some good ground there. We could put some strawberries there. It's like, yeah, that's where my flowers go, but you know. But he loved gardening. So I have this image of a grandpa and he's got his two little grandkids and they're, they're not big enough for their britches. You know, they got them strapped on there tight and he's telling, now you, you now put the seed. No, no, then there, there, that's where the seed goes. Yep, there. Okay, now you water it. And he's got a, and there a hose or he's like, and if I could ask, in fact, how many grandpas have done anything with your grandkids? You built something with them or, okay, Bob, is it faster? No. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the most efficient way to do it. So why did God let Paul and Apollos plant and water? And my answer is because he loved them. Look at what Paul says. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. And that is crazy. Little Gabriella gets rewarded. And you know what my mom would do? Is ridiculous. So Gabriella, basically, she just made a mess and made it worse. And my mom had to do a... And guess who got credit for what they baked after it was done? <laughs> oh, did you guys try Gabriella's muffins? Like, really? Gabriella made those? She's three, okay? Paul says, we will each get our reward. God wants to reward you. He, he wants to invite you into his work, though he does not need you. He wants to invite you into his work and say, just keep your hands up. Keep them up. Go pray. Go do. And one day, because I've been thinking about this passage a lot, we will all stand before him. You know the parable of the talents when he said the, the, the master went away and then he came back and he said, I gave you two. What did you do? He says, I took your two and I made two more. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. That's, that's what he wants for you. He wants to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Paul says, he who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. We are God's fellow workers. And again, I've always read that as like, yeah, they're, and, and now it's like, no, they're not. I mean, yes, they are God. They're, they're, they're God's fellow workers as much as Gabriella was my mom's fellow baker. You know, and actually, this may shock you, 
But the difference between my mother and little four-year-old Gabriella is not nearly as great as the difference between the Apostle Paul and God Almighty. God doesn't need us. He wants us. I thought they would call me Father. So I invite you all to crawl up in your Papa's lap and just pray with him. Agree with him. Pray, and it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I also asked this. This is the last question because I'm, I'm on a documentary tour. So I said to my mom, well, I have to be thorough. I know my wife said these are dumb questions, but I wanted to make sure. I said, so when Gabriella would make a mess or put the wrong thing in or whisk in the flower, did you say, get out of here. Let me do this by myself. Man, you're such a nuisance. And she's like, no. And some of you worry, well, I don't know the right words. Or I, I don't, I'm not eloquent. Or I, he doesn't really care. He just wants you to join him as he is working to save the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are our Father. And you are gracious and compassionate and you abound in love. And you invite us in. And then you reward us for the work that we do. So may we, may we work harder and longer. May we pray more. May we, just, may we just love you and love each other. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.